Welcome to this verse-by-verse Bible teaching from Calvary Queen Creek in Arizona with Pastor Jim Remington. We hope you're blessed by listening. Romans 10.17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. For more information, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org. Father, we thank you and praise you for your goodness, for your faithfulness, and for all you're doing in our lives. Lord, what a privilege to be allowed to be used by the God of the universe to impact another soul, another image bearer. Father, that's an incredible privilege. And so, Lord, as we pray individually, what would you have us to do? And maybe it's nothing at all at this time. That's okay. We want to be led of your Holy Spirit. So as we pray, help us to be obedient to whatever your Spirit instructs us to do. We ask your blessing upon this ministry. We thank you for Rock Point and all of the various churches that are now doing this. This is not a competition type thing. This is ministry. This is body, church, various churches ministering to our fallen world. So bless each and every church that is stepping out to do this, Lord. And Father, I pray for the gift of teaching this morning, that you will be glorified through your word in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, Revelation chapter 3, if you're new or visiting, the team always does a great job of putting slides up. It's the very last book of the Bible. And to the angel of the church in Sardis write, these things says he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works, that you have the name, that you are alive, but you are dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. You have a few names, even in Sardis, who have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. Now, we didn't cover verses 5 and 6, so we'll do that next Sunday to start. And here's a little bit of homework for you. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life. But I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So basically there's two or three ideas of what this book of life is and what it means. And so I'm going to explain to you scripturally what I believe it is. Um, We don't know for certain, so nobody can be dogmatic about it. I have it right, you don't, none of that nonsense. But I encourage you to study ahead, and here's a few things to study. Is your name in the book of life? Is your name in the book of life? Study ahead. Is your name in the Lamb's book of life? So is your name in the book of life? And is your name in the Lamb's book of life? When is the books going to be opened? And what are those books? And I'll cover a lot of that next week, Sunday initially. So please come on time. Again, we're going to have communion. One song, communion, it's going to be shorter. If you walk in at 25 after, uh, we're probably going to be done. So be on time uh, because we're going to cover a lot next week. Well, we're moving into our fifth study of these seven churches in Revelation here. And we're going to once again see a unique characteristic 
or classification of this fifth church. So we have a slide map of the map here that we showed the last few weeks, and so we'll keep that up there. For review, Ephesus was lacking of sincere love church. And so that was their general characteristic. Were there some within the church that had sincere love? Yes. But generally characterizing these churches, Jesus is saying, you lacked sincere love, agape love. Smyrna was the persecuted church. Persecuted church. Pergamos was the compromising church. Thyatira, which we studied last week, and you can get the CDs, was the corrupt church. And now we come to Sardis on that postal route, and that was literally a postal route. They could be classified as the dead church. You might be newer visiting, so it's important for you to know that we're asking the Holy Spirit. Yes, we believe in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the third person. It's not an it. It's not a force. It's the third person of the Godhead to convict us, make it personal, convict me, convict you. If any of the characteristics found within these churches, we've studied four, five today, two more found within these churches are a part of our lives individually. That's what Jesus says when we look at this. As he wraps up every single one, he says, he who has an ear. So he's talking about spiritual ear. Are you ready to hear? Are you willing to surrender? As we go over the church, it might go, well, that doesn't apply to me. Great, but does it apply to your family? Does it apply with your children? Does it apply maybe to this church? So you just don't want to check out and say, well, you know, it doesn't apply to me, so I'm going to think about something else. No, stay focused. Stay focused. This is only a few minutes in eternity. Or a part of this fellowship corporately. You see, that's not always comfortable to do. Matter of fact, you're going to find it uncomfortable to do that, self-evaluation. But if we are truly seeking after being more like Jesus, then we will find ourselves doing what David asked the Lord to do in his life in Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. What is David saying right there? What he's saying, not saying, but saying, is I surrender. I surrender. God, you you search me. You search my heart. And, And you might be new to the Bible, so heart is soul. Heart is your soul, your being, your personality, your quirks, those things that maybe you don't want anymore. Are you willing to surrender and say, God, search my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts as I read this out of the New Living Translation. David is saying, I I want you to check me out. I want to be more like you, God. Obviously, Jesus wasn't around. David wrote this roughly 3,000 years ago. So David is saying, God, I want to be more like you. I want that relationship with you. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. That should be your prayer. That should be my prayer on a regular basis. You see, Sardis was a fairly large city to believe to be about 30,000 at the time of John's writings here, 30,000 people. The ancient temple of Artemis was located in this city and was one of the most popular temples in the area. People would travel great distances to worship at this temple, especially since the city was located at a major intersection of five roads or highways, what we would call highways, 
not a side street, a major highway. The city was built on a mountainside with sheer cliffs. It was surrounded by three sheer cliffs. Make it almost impossible to defeat in battle. Unfortunately, the church within this city had surrendered its identity to the culture of its day. Young people, college people, older saints who might have children or grandchildren that are coming at you and asking you to accept a certain certain lifestyle. And it has happened in this church. And some people have left this church because they know our stance on this, a biblical stance. So for you young people, this might be told when you go off to college here in the next few weeks, well, you know, the Bible is chauvinistic, it's antiquated, it's irrelevant, it's not applicable, it's blah, 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 blah. What is happening within so many churches in our country to this day? Due to the culture. Accepting homosexuality. Accepting living together. Christians, male and female, living together. And saying, well, we're married in God's eyes. Let me tell you, you're not married in anybody's eyes. Nobody's eyes. The state nor God. Ordaining lesbians ordaining trans to teach the same Bible that you and I are looking at this morning. And what will they say about this church? They will say, well, you know what? We know the truth. They will say, we know the truth. Matter of fact, I read an article this past week where there was a man with several letters after his name and not LGBTQ. He had other letters, you know, educational letters. And he said, well, the word homosexual is not in the Bible. And many Verses have been mistranslated. Oh, okay. So you just want to know some simple facts. You don't need to go to the cemetery, seminary for decades. You just know a few simple facts. The word Bible is not in the Bible. So I guess I shouldn't read my Bible. Jehovah is not in your Bible. Now you're going to go right away. Oh, yes, it's in my Bible. No, it's not. We inserted the vowels. God's name is so holy to the Jew, they didn't, they, to this day, an Orthodox Jew will not say the name of God. They will not let it cross their lips because these are unholy lips. But there is a word in the New Testament called fornication. And fornication is any sex outside of marriage. Homosexuality, bestiality, living together, Any sex outside of marriage is called fornication. So when they try to lie to you and say, well, the word's not in the Bible, you can say, yes, it is. It's called fornication. It's found throughout the New Testament. Greek, any sex outside of marriage. We want to make sure that we know the truth because the culture is telling you and especially me as a pastor that I am a homophobiac or a transphobiac or whatever phobiac they want to put a label on me. I really don't care about their labels. I care about a holy fear of God because I have a judgment phobia. Because we are going to be judged, and unfortunately, as Jesus said, it rains on the just and the unjust. So whatever comes down on us is going to come down on us, and we might be a part of that judgment. And so we should have a healthy fear 
of God's judgment and not be afraid of being labeled something. Let them label you and turn around and say, you know what, I love you and so does God. Do you want a relationship with Jesus? You see, God created us to worship him and we should be worshiping the creator, but we find our current culture worshiping the creation instead. Read Romans chapter one this week. Read Romans chapter one. Think about it. All of the crime, all of the violence taking place in our cities, all of the mental attacks upon individuals that don't go along with the current narrative. From what I understand, we'll see if it plays out. But this past week, I heard that the president, our president, is going to sign an executive order in September that's going to demand that every citizen get the COVID shot. Now, if you look at executive orders, which I'd encourage you to do at the very bottom of it, I'm paraphrasing it, but you can check it out yourself. It says, this is not a law. Then why do we follow it? Bah! Oh, it's an executive order. It must be true. It's not a law. It's not a law. So know. Know some basic facts. Still the most dangerous place in America. Do you know where the most dangerous place in America is today? Don't yell out Chicago. Atlanta. Don't don't yell out Portland. Seattle. San Francisco. Los Angeles. You know where the most dangerous place in America is today? It's a mother's womb. The mother's womb is the most dangerous place in America and the world. Since Roe v. Wade, estimates. This is at least the minimum. It's probably more, but the minimum. 65 million Americans have been murdered on American soil. In the 1900s, it's estimated, again, just estimated, can't know for sure, but 100 million died of wars in the 1900s. 100 million people around the world died from wars. We're over 50% in 50 years of innocent lives. And that number is through the roof as far as the whole world, especially with China, which they've now changed because they're running out of (laughs) human beings. Hey, maybe we were wrong. Maybe we shouldn't have just had that one child rule. Now, you know what? Have 10 of them. Go, let's get going here. It's sick. It's sick. You see, the womb of the mother is far more dangerous worldwide than climate change. Do you know ceiling fans are now on the climate change? <laughs> and you know why? I mean, do you really know why? I've been sharing this for three years, and I don't, think you, I don't think you're serious enough to really... Small businesses. With all the regulations, it's estimated, according to government documents, it's estimated that 40% of small businesses will, will go out of business because of all the regulations that are now going to be placed on ceiling fans that will eventually save you $40 a year once they develop the new ceiling fan in energy cost. So what do we got? $40 a year to wipe out small business. Well, why would they want to wipe out small business? Because small business is the backbone of America. You wipe out the backbone of America, you no longer have America. Revelation chapter 13. We are all being conditioned. One world government, one world monetary system, one world religion. You will obey or else. If you still don't think that's true, I don't know where you're you're reading your news from. 
You see, America and this world deserve judgment, yet we as humans think that we're impenetrable. Like Sardis, we're impenetrable. We can do whatever we want. Nobody can get to us. We're fine. Now, as we go through these churches, we see what they worshiped, and we call it evil, and it was. Yet we all worship something. And in that worship, we find our true Christian spirituality becoming more alive, or we will find our true Christian spirituality heading towards a hardness of the soul. And that's what's taking place in Sardis here. And that's what has taken place in the church across this land. As I've already said, what many churches are already doing, it's a hardness of the soul. Going against God. Verse 1. And to the angel of the church of Sardis write, These things says he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, I know your works. That you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. Jesus once again speaks to the pastor and points out that he has complete knowledge of their situation. Now, you might be new, so the seven spirits here, as we mentioned in previous studies, are not seven actual Holy Spirits. We know there is only one Holy Spirit, but it's symbolic of the complete or full work of the Holy Spirit. You see, it is the Holy Spirit that brings life to the believer as well as the church. You know, when uh, Beth went to Rock Point, I didn't tell her, Beth, I want you to go to Rock Point. I want you to go to this seminar. I didn't mention anything about it. I knew it was happening. Some people went to it. Um, We believe in being led of the Holy Spirit. After she came back, I said, Beth, I didn't say, Beth, I want you to start a ministry. Beth, do this. Beth, do that. No, Beth did it on her own via the Holy Spirit. You see, when you allow the Holy Spirit to be involved in the church, the church is going to be alive. When you try to control the church through religion, the church is going to die. When you try to control the church through culture, the church is going to die. 2 Corinthians 3, 6 says this, Who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. For the letter kills the commandments. God did not give Moses all of the commandments, 613 total, they believe, so that people could try to do the do's and don't the don'ts so that they could get to heaven. No, it was to actually keep us safe, to develop a relationship where we would say, you know what, God knows best. It's not good to eat roadkill. It's just not good. It's just not good to have sex outside of marriage. It's not good to commit adultery. It's not good to steal. I watched a, a, a CEO this, this afternoon or this week say, oh, I had it at the first service. Elevated. Oh, is Matt in here? What, what was it? Elevated inventory shrinkage. Elevated inventory shrinkage. Corporations are losing money Because of elevated inventory shrinking. No, it's stealing. Stealing. We're losing money because people are coming in and stealing. Well, some states in America have said, and I'm going to round it up. Well, if you steal less than $1,000, so feel free to take your calculator over to California, walk into a store, take a bag and start typing it in. 
You're okay. Walk out the store. We're not going to do anything. And now they're wondering, why are stores closing and moving to other states? They're moving because of elevated shrinkage. No, elevated inventory. Shrinkage. See? They're moving because of stealing? It's part of life. Where was I at? I'm sorry. Seven, once again, in the scriptures is that number that of completeness or fullness. Uh, let's remember as well that the seven stars are the seven pastors of these seven churches that Jesus made reference to in chapter one. As he said to every church, I know your works. And if this hasn't sunk in yet, hopefully it will today. Jesus knows everything about us and he desires for us to continually mature so that he might bless us accordingly. But if we're not, I'm talking about to the little believer here, not the unbeliever, to the believer. But if we're not seeking after his desires, how can he bless us? The church at Sardis was not seeking after God, so how could God bless them? That's why Jesus says, stop, repent, or else you're done. You ready yourself? You're done. Party's over. Wrap it up. We're going to see that this church stopped seeking after God's desires for their lives and they fell into the trap of appearing to be alive in Christ. And this is exactly what many churches in America are right now. Rainbow flags and all. We're alive and you just have a phobia. No. Because some people say, well, you know what? You're not nice saying that stuff from the pulpit. Well, you know, I'm not trying to be nice as far as politically correct. I'm trying to be nice and not encourage anybody just to go to hell. You know, if you, if you have a cure for cancer and you don't want to go and say something to a person who has cancer because it's not going to be the nice thing to say, who's the one who has the problem? The one who had the cure for cancer. We have the cure. The cancer is sin. So do we pretend like there's no sin? Well, just go, yeah, oh, no, you're okay. You're okay. Just as long as you do it over there. No, it's not okay. They played church. But most of them were spiritually dead. A little clue for this week's homework. You might want to notice that. Spiritually dead. Jesus made a very important point here, and it points to what he made to the religious elite when he was on the earth in Matthew 23, 25. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. You cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they're full of extortion and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisees. First cleanse the inside of the cup and dish that the outside of them may be clean also. I would have loved to have heard Jesus saying this at this party. (laughs) Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outside. So if you're new to the Bible, you might go, whitewashed tomb. You see, in that culture, if you were to walk over an unmarked tomb full of dead people's bones, you would be considered unclean, ceremony unclean. So you might not be able to celebrate the Shabbat. You might not be able to celebrate the, the holidays, holy holidays. So they would whitewash the tomb. So everybody could go, oh, 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 okay, I'm not going over there. So Jesus is saying, you're like a whitewashed tomb, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. You see, some 60 years before this letter, Jesus pointed out this fact to those who thought they were living for God with an eternal mindset. Look at us. Look at our robes. Listen to our prayers. Watch how much we give in the temple. 
But in reality, they were living for their own personal temporal desires. Does it sound like money in the church today? They were spiritually dead, but they thought they were spiritually alive. You see, our souls or our personalities will not change. They will not change without an attitude of seeking after heavenly things. Colossians 3 says, if you were raised with Christ, that means if you're born again, seek those who are above where Christ is seating at the, sitting at the right hand of God. So as we continue to go down this road, what's going to happen in September, God already knows about. But you better prepare your heart because it's going to be COVID 2.0. It's all about fear and control and crushing America. Set your mind. That, that phrase there means to exercise the mind. To interest oneself in. I encourage you to interest yourself in the Bible. This is all in the Bible. But COVID's in the Bible? No. Pestilence. Violence upon the face of the whole earth. Well, I don't see it. I think 65 million murdered babies is pretty violence. And they want to keep doing it, but now through a little pill in the privacy of your own home that is causing women to end up in the emergency room, many of them. The FDA says, it's okay, kill a baby. You might die too, but this, don't worry about it. Just take it. On things above, not on the things on the earth. That's your commission. That's my commission. Be aware of what's going on around us. Verse 2, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. This is Jesus speaking, not a pastor. This is Jesus talking to the church, not talking to the world. He's saying to the church, you're about ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect before God. Watchful means to keep awake, give strict attention to, be cautious. Strengthen, to make stable, make firm, perfect, to make complete, to make full, to fill up. You see, it appears that this church was doing things, but they were not doing them according to God's ways. No one ever burned out of the, you can never burn out the Holy Spirit. So if this church was moving in the Holy Spirit, they would not have been ready to cease existing. So you can do some deduction. Why is Jesus talking this way? Because they're not moving in the Holy Spirit because they don't even have the Holy Spirit. The same thing has happened over the century and is still happening today. If a church tries to operate in the flesh, as Sardis was obviously doing, if a church tries to make itself pretty on the outside, we're going to have the rainbow flag. Everybody's invited. Whatever you believe, it doesn't matter. Come on in. But inside the church is not following after the leading of the Holy Spirit, then that church would be considered spiritually dead. No matter how pretty on the outside. Spiritually dead. You see, there are various stages to a church, and our founding pastor, Pastor Chuck Smith, has taught us these stages over the years. Decades ago, I had the privilege of going to many conferences. And here's the stages you have a stage of a man, a man with a vision. Pastor Chuck had a vision started Calvary Chapel. That starts a movement, the Jesus movement, the Calvary Chapel movement. A church is birthed. The movement then become, can become refined or developed into a method. And guys literally would listen to Pastor Chuck's teachings. They would memorize Pastor Chuck's teachings 
and they would try to start a Calvary Chapel presenting Pastors Chuck's teachings in their own voice. That's a method. It's a successful method for failure. And then people start to use the method thinking that it is a method that gives birth to a new church. Unfortunately, typically what happens after a generation or two, it then gives birth to a monument. To a monument. People look back and lift up those who started the church instead of looking forward to see where the Holy Spirit desires to lead the church. You know, when we came out here in 03, we were so blessed, so privileged. Uh, We were raised in Roman Catholic. Many of you have heard that. We left in 85. We did some church shopping like people do. We ended up with some friends that were going to Calvary Chapel of Scottsdale. They said, hey, come. We went. And that's where we started to learn verse by verse, being discipled verse by verse. Not that the Calvary Chapel is end all. Because it's not. We're seeing Calvary chapels that are going south. But for us, it was a huge privilege. Got mentored for eight years. Went to Calvary Chapel Tri-City, Pastor John. Got mentored for another eight years. Learned so many do's and don'ts. But it wasn't about Calvary Chapel. And, oh, well, it worked for Jim. It worked for John. I guess we'll go out and do it at that. No, the way we started this church, well, we started with prayer. We started with prayer. Asking the Holy Spirit, should we have a church? Where should we go? Then we started with a men's Bible study, knowing that if the men are not pillars of the church, women and children will show up. But men, you need to step up and be the pillars of the church. That's why our culture is failing. That's why BLM is alive from the pit of hell. Because they're not encouraging men to step up. Men, men's Bible studies. Then we did a midweek Bible study. And then we did Sunday morning, March 16th, in the park. And that's how the church was started and it's still established. We have prayer, we rely upon the Holy Spirit, and we rely upon the Word of God. We're not going to change that. We're not going woke. We're not going to change that. Some people will come, some people will stick, others will leave. God bless you. Find a church that you can get plugged into and grow. But don't go woke. Don't surrender. Jesus says, be watchful, wake up, pay attention, repent. Be aware of the faith. Be aware of the faith. Did I get ahead of myself? No, right here. You, if you want, can you go back to that there? No, no, go back to there. You, oh, see, I got you all messed up, Bart. I'm sorry, I got you all messed up. I think I messed up. Jesus says, be watchful, wake up, pay attention, repent, be aware of the faith. Be aware of the faith. It's right after Galatians 3, Barb. Next slide. There you go. Thank you. My my mistake. You are playing church and you are spiritually dead. If you're here this morning, I want you to know God loves you. He sent his son to die for you. He's inviting you to receive his son as your savior. If you don't want to receive him, you want to reject him, that's on you. Don't say, well, God sends people to hell. He doesn't. You're choosing to go there yourself. You're playing church. Maybe you're coming because your mates want you to come. Maybe you're coming because your parents told you you have to come. Whatever the case may be, you're playing church. If you want to go to hell, you're going to go to hell. Don't blame God. Don't blame the pastor. I just told you. God loves you. He sent his son to die for you. Deal with it. Because you will deal with it when you stand before God. Because you will stand before God. I think we all know this, that when you don't use your muscles, your muscles start to become atrophy, they shrink. 
And they can even shrink to the point of becoming useless if the muscles are not exercised or strengthened. And this can happen in a church setting as well. If the church is not teaching the whole counsel of God, if the church is not spending time in prayer, if the church is not asking for more of the Holy Spirit to guide their lives, spiritually atrophy will set in and the church will become what Jesus is warning this very church about. You are about ready to die. Verse 4, you have a few names, even in Sardis, that you have not defiled the garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are ready. I'm looking at the clock. Sorry, verse 3. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. Jesus said something very similar to the church in Ephesus. Remember, repent, restore. And so here he says to the church in Sardis, remember therefore, look back and remember how you used to walk in the Spirit. Repent about the things that are now clouding your spiritual mind. If you don't, the Lord is going to come to you and hold you accountable and he will show up at the most undesirable time. It will be embarrassing as well as humiliating and will not be a good visit at all. Is this a good visit? John's getting this from Jesus. And now John has to go back to the church in Sardis and say, hey, I got a note from you from Jesus. That was not a good visit. But that's what he had to share. And it might not be a good visit this morning to any church in America, but that's what Jesus is sharing. God is so gracious as we see in this verse though. He encourages repentance showing the long-suffering that he has for all of humanity. Don't ever accuse God of not being loving or long-suffering. He is very loving. He is very long-suffering. But there will be a time of judgment. You have a few names, even in Sardis, who, will not, who have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. Just like the previous churches, there were a few believers that Jesus was able to point out and acknowledge their faithfulness. And here he makes reference to clothing, garments. You see, white is symbolic of purity. And Jesus makes reference to the fact that some within Sardis have not allowed sin to stain their lives. There's a remnant in the church in America, and I'm not saying it's Calvary Chapel, I'm saying it's Bible-believing Christians, which happen to be a part of Calvary Chapel and Rock Point and Heart Cry and Amadeo and Mountain View and so forth and so on. There are believers in these various churches that are sold out for Jesus. Is every single person with all these churches saved? No, absolutely not. I know not everybody's saved in this room this morning. That's just statistical fact. But for us who believe, we have to be careful that we don't allow sin to stain our lives. That we remain that white, that purity, that that remnant of believers that when Jesus shows up, we're ready to go immediately. Now, one form of trade in Sardis was their manufacturing of woolen garments. Most of the church looked really good on the outside. But Jesus knew what was happening on the inside. And I find interesting since our culture is so focused on looks or outward appearance of our bodies. Multi-billion dollar industry in America, all based on looks. Now again, there's nothing wrong with dressing nice. Believers especially should appreciate modest and appropriate attire. But here's a question for all of us, whether you're male or female. Is it something that you seek after a very high approval rating on 
your looks, your outward appearance, rather than keeping yourself unspotted from the world, as James 1.27 says, pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself spotted from the world. And that's why we're going to remain, as Matt comes up, that's why we're going to remain flexible and moving of the Holy Spirit. And, and you guys saw it in action this past week on the platform. Young couple in their 20s and early 30s who are willing to forsake all to go and reach some. And we're not all called to go, most of us. A high percentage of us are called to be supporters. Not, we're, not called, we're not sent, we're supporters. And so keep praying. What would you have to give for these widows and orphans? Nothing too small, nothing too large. If we get more than $20,000, it's going to all go to them. They'll find, a, they'll find a way to use that money for the widows and the orphans. I fully trust them. So if somebody writes a $50,000 check, hey, it's going all to them. Not, not, oh, 20 to you, 30 to us. No, 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 no. It's going to go all to them. So you pray. Pray for those widows. Pray for those orphans. Pray for Benji and Beth that we might be used in their ministry in that way. What a privilege. And then for your homework, five and six, he who overcomes. Now we know who an overcomer is. An overcomer is a believer. So we already know that. So if you zipped up your Bible, unzip it. Shall be clothed in white garments. So we're all going to have the same garments. Hey, nice robe. Hey, nice robe. That's a really nice robe. You got a really nice robe. They're all the same. Hello. Hello. They're all the same. And I will not blot his name out from the, I will not blot out his name from the book of life. So again, homework. Is your name in the book of life? But I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. He who has a spiritual ear to hear, let him hear what the Holy Spirit says to the churches. Is your name in the book of life? Is your name in the Lamb's book of life? Study ahead, and we'll cover it next week early. Be on time. One song, communion, jumping into this, and wrapped up this church, and we'll get into the church of Philadelphia, the faithful church. Father, we thank you and praise you for these churches. Five so far. And boy, is your Bible relevant. Your, your word is so real. We can see various ways that these church represent churches even to this very day. And Lord, we want to be part of the persecuted church. And Father, we want to look ahead to the faithful church. and We want to be a part of the faithful church. We don't want to be known as the dead church down the street, the compromising church down the street, the corrupt church down the street. No, we want to be known as the faithful church, the loving church, loving it enough to call out sin and to love somebody to heaven instead of loving them to hell. So, Father, fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit as we leave. Father, there's billions of people going to hell. We're obviously not going to reach all of them, but we're going to reach a few people this week who are going to cross our paths. We can plant, we can water, we can fertilize. We might even be able to ask them, hey, do you need prayer? Can we pray for you? Would you like to receive Jesus as your Savior? Lord, give us boldness to ask. We have no idea what the response might be. It might be that that final response where somebody says, yes. God's been talking to me for months now. Yes, I want to receive Jesus right here, right now. 
So, Father, fill us with boldness. Fill us with love that will speak the truth in love. Because your word says that you love this world. You love the pedophile. You love the trans. You love the adulterer. You love the gambler. You love the drug abuser. You love the religious person who thinks they don't need a savior. You love them. So, Father, help us to exemplify that love and to reach out to those who cross our paths this week. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching from God's Word. If you have any questions, would like to request prayer, or want more information about our church and how you can experience the love and hope of Jesus Christ in your life, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org.